What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness, in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. How do you feel about oral sex? Have you ever turned it down when you've actually really wanted it? According to a national study conducted by Laurels involving 200 women, 80% of participants said they have done precisely that. If you relate, is it something you'd like to change? Even if you don't relate, would you like to learn ways to make giving or receiving oral pleasure more pleasurable? If so, you're in luck. We are going to explore these topics and more today with Melanie Crystal, the founder and CEO of Laurels, a company that aims to bring people more frequent and pleasurable intimate experiences. A bit later in the show, Dr. Megan Fleming will chime in for a listener whose partner, capital L, loves oral sex, and she would rather skip it. Before we dive in, a huge sponsor shout out to The Pleasure Chest, my favorite place to shop for sex toys, lube, and more. They offer free weekly workshops in their stores in Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York, as well as the fun of shopping from your own home at thepleasurechest.com. They are awesome. Check them out. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please be sure to sign up for occasional Girl Boner Extras by email. You can do that at augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. I send updates about once a month, including chances to weigh in on the show, questionnaires, giveaways, freebies, news about upcoming events, and more. It's also a sure way to find out about any changes around here. I mentioned that because a colleague of mine recently had a glitch with their show and it disappeared from some podcast apps. I would love to be able to update you if anything like that should happen. Find a direct link for signing up in the show notes down below on your app. Now, I'm so pleased to welcome Melanie Crystal, founder of Laurels, to the show. Thank you for being here, Melanie. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, August. So I often ask people I interview and people I meet at events what they learned about sex and sexuality growing up. (laughs) Because you specialize, in particular, in oral sex, I wonder, what were the early messages you learned about oral sex when you were growing up? I feel like there weren't very many messages at all. Uh, I really hardly remember sex ed from growing up when it was, you know, whether it was middle school or high school. I I don't remember the lessons that we were taught. I'm almost certain that oral sex was not a component of them. Um, And I imagine that a lot of the lessons that I was getting back then were fear-based. But from the people around me, uh, the the friends that I spent my time with, there was a lot of ce- celebration of intimacy and romance and connecting with a partner and feeling good about it. So I guess there were some mixed messages. I didn't really have a lot of shame associated with sex and sexuality or oral sex, uh, but I don't think that really had to do with the education that I received uh or the lack thereof. Where do you think you learned? Do you remember a time when you realized what oral sex was? From a lot of people I've heard, like Cosmo, or, you know, depending on um, when you were coming into your 
awareness around sexuality. Sometimes people found something on the internet. I didn't have the internet when I had questions about sex yet, so it it varies so much. I don't really remember. I was I was a late bloomer myself, and um, I remember uh, when I first experienced those sensations, and I was like, this is really, really incredible uh, and something that everyone should be able to participate in and something that we should be talking about more. Uh, but gosh, I don't really remember very much about when it first came to me, uh, the whole concept of oral. Yeah. It is hard to remember certain things that you think would be big, like, do you remember your for- first orgasm? You know, it's it's kind of challenging, partly because I think sex is so much more nuanced than we make it out to be. Yes. So a lot of people think that they have not had sex when they have had oral sex. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's so very it's, interesting how yeah. like heteronormative our con- our conception of losing your virginity is. Right. And yes. also defining when you have like partners of multiple genders, when have you had sex with them? Uh, I think that that's a really interesting question, actually. Um, I kind of define it for myself as kind of a no holds barred interaction with that person, like going, quote, as far as you want to go without holding back. Uh, But I don't think that there's an inherent definition for that. Like, what does it mean to have sex with someone? Um, And I like your definition that you just said. Yeah. As far as you are wanting to go with a person, you know, in, in an intimate, like physical, sensual way, because if sex does not involve intercourse or a penis and a vulva and a vagina, then it's like, where do you where do you figure that out? And and do we need to, you know, like the right. whole like when you are someone who has sex, when you are no longer a quote unquote virgin. It's, right. it's really interesting. Yeah. So I know you've had a really interesting professional journey. You were an attorney. Um, how did you end up becoming so passionate from a professional standpoint about sexuality and in particular making oral sex more pleasurable? So I I had a bit of a sexual awakening in college, I guess, like many of us do. Uh, And for me, it wasn't just experiential. It was also educational and um, uh, interacting with a lot of people regarding these topics. So I was a peer sex educator back then. I was a counselor at the National LGBTQ Hotline. And so I was interacting with a lot of people um, on sex-related topics and like I mentioned, when I when I was younger, even though I didn't learn very much about sex, I didn't have very much shame associated with it. And so then in college, uh, I really liked being able to share that non-shaming approach to sex and sexuality. And then, uh, you know, I had a lot of other roles during college that were sort of... Ad- sexuality adjacent. I uh, Back then, I thought I wanted to be a theater producer, and I was in school in New York, and so I interned with the off-Broadway producers of the Vagina Monologues, and that was just such a cool experience, being part of that show, and then also seeing what their office culture was like. Uh, it, You know, because of the, the play being what it was, there are a lot of terms that are thrown around the office that become normalized because they're part of this art that uh, that they're producing and sharing with society. So that was very interesting for me. And then over time, my career sort of switched and I became a lawyer. And so when I was a lawyer, the 
time in the office and the conversations that we had were just so diametrically opposed to <laughs> that very you know, vagina that, monologue. Yeah. I mean, it was just complete, a complete difference. And, you know, I liked being a lawyer. I liked uh, working on those very complex issues, understanding uh, just really nuanced legal topics, working on strategy, working on teams. I found it to be a very interesting few years of my life, but I missed all of those things that I got to talk about in college. I missed um, working on destigmatizing sexuality. And basically what happened uh, was I was having those thoughts in my mind. Then I was also, meanwhile, having thoughts in my mind of is being a lawyer what I want to do forever? Is there something else that I want out of my life? And I ended up going on a romantic vacation, and I found myself saying no to oral sex when I wanted to be saying yes. And I thought, gosh, this is so sad that, you know, here I am on this in this beautiful place. We're trying to have a really wonderful, intimate experience, and here I am holding back. And why is that happening? But also, is there a solution for this other than, you know, the immediate change of one's mind? Like, okay, I'm going to snap out of it. Sometimes that's unrealistic, depending on what it is that's keeping you from experiencing that pleasure. And so, you know, back then, we thought, well, I guess the one potential solution is a dental dam. And um, I imagine that your readers or your listeners Probably many of them know what dental dams are, um, but if, for those of you who don't, they're basically a, um, a six by ten inch sheet of thin rubber, um, and they are used for performing oral sex on and dental surgery. Like, and dental surgery. I actually surgery. looked it up because I thought, why do we call them that? And because I, it wasn't. I thought maybe they were used in dentistry, but I wasn't sure. It just sounded like a really weird name for something sexual. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it is exactly that same sheet of plastic that they would stretch over the mouth yes. to do, like, you know, certain dental procedures and surgeries and stuff like that. Yeah. Actually, um, the origin story for dental dams involves a condom company owner being at the dentist and thinking, huh, if I just made this a slightly different shape and flattened it out a little bit, it could be used for cunnilingus. Which is really innovative. And and I think it's really cool that they exist. As I was reading about them, there's a lot of information about especially queer identifying women saying, we love that these exist, but a very small percent actually use them. So what is it that makes dental dams problematic from a oral pleasure standpoint? Uh, so I think that there's a few different reasons. And this is why like my partner and I back then didn't really want to incorporate them because you have to hold them in place. And so that takes two out of the possibly four hands that are involved in the scenario, which you know, you want to be able to use your hands while you're enjoying sexual pleasure. And uh, so that's a a big bummer about them. They also can move from the back to the front of your body, which can cause UTIs. Uh, They're kind of loose on the body, and so they'll often get caught up the giver's nostrils or in their mouth, making it a little bit hard to breathe. Uh, And then there's just not a sexy product. I mean, when you incorporate that into your activity, you're thinking about dentistry, you know? You're not thinking about beautiful, intimate sexuality. Um, And so I think that for those reasons, the product hasn't become as popular as it potentially could. And 
that was sort of my aha moment when I thought, what if there were a sexier version of this product that helped you feel confident and beautiful and not like you're wearing a scarlet letter, essentially? And so you came up with laurels. Yes. So they are disposable, like one-time use, right, made out of latex, and they, they smell good. Yeah. And they're helpful for both um, for, like, cunnilingus on a vulva, but also for rimming. Yes. And actually, you can switch between... Uh, cunnilingus and rimming as much as you want, which is very fun and something you can't really do with a dental dam because you have to kind of move the dental dam back and forth. And it's something that you can't really do um, with skin-to-skin -skin contact either because of, you know, concern about transferring, uh, uh, you know, bacteria from your anus to your vagina. So how did you come up with the idea? So you knew you wanted to create something. Was this your first? Were you thinking, I need to make like underwear. I, was that your first idea? I think my first idea was that this needs to be hands-free and it needs to be sexy. So how do you make it, how do you make something that is, and also very easy to use? I thought that that was important as well. So I, I knew that there were products that existed in order to incorporate dental dams um, into sexual activity in ways that, you know, were hands-free. So there's like dental dam harnesses and you snap them in place. Um, there's a few other products sort of along those lines. But I thought if I were in that moment and I wanted oral sex, would I really pull out a harness and then grab my dental dam and snap it into place? Or would I just decide, eh, I don't really need oral sex right now? And I think that the more kind of barriers that you put in place ironically we're talking about a barrier here but the more <laughs> right. barriers you put in place until yeah. to actually using the product um the less likely people are actually going to be to experience that oral sex that they want to be having um so i knew that it needed to be very easy and then at some point the idea of turning it into a panty hit my mind and i was like how do you do that how would you design it and um how would you manufacture it? And I just started brainstorming and doing a lot of research when I should have been writing legal briefs. I was thinking about basically how to create oral sex panties. That is amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm going to share our listener question because it brings up, especially in the response from Dr. Megan Fleming, our, our resident sex and relationship expert, she talks about numerous factors that I think make your product really helpful. Mm -hmm. So this question came from a listener named Bethany who wrote this. My girlfriend loves oral and I'm basically turned off by it. I prefer hands and toys. What should we do? Thank you for your question, Bethany. I'm sure others relate to this. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Bethany, thank you for this question. And, you know, I guess I kind of wanted to start off by, you know, having you think about you know, what about oral sex is a turnoff for you? Because I'm not clear whether it's um, something you haven't enjoyed receiving or, again, just is it globally haven't preferred or enjoyed giving? Or, you know, for some people it's partner-specific. And so I'm not clear whether you've had any sort of, you know, I would say try, try again, whether you basically may have had one negative experience with your first partner or you've tried it many times with different partners and you sort of globally are turned off by that. So, you know, one of the things is just recognizing for yourself, you know, have you given yourself the opportunity to see whether or not 
it could be a turn on because again, you might be distracted by feeling like you're not skillful at it. I'm not sure whether it's um, a sensation, potentially a smell. Um, again, when it comes to that, it's always about get part of the foreplay. It can be the showering. It can also be using flavored lubes. Um, so, you know, part of it is recognizing and exploring more what about it doesn't turn you on or in some ways has become an active turnoff. And then also, and importantly, to ask your partner more about what in particular turns her on. You know, is it just in the role of receiving? Is it the sensation, the stimulation? You know, the more you have a sense of why in particular it's a turn on for her, then the more either A, just hearing what's so hot about it for her might actually motivate you to be like, huh, I didn't think of it that way. And hmm, maybe we can, you know, make some modifications in a way that it might be really um, pleasant or pleasurable for you to give. And or, and importantly, it's also to recognize there are other ways to try to simulate or replicate, right? And so, again, your preferences are more, you know, sort of sex toys or maybe using your hands. And so, you know, now on the market, um, there are some options, right, that, you know, are sort of simulating oral sex. So Lilo's Aura 2 is one where, again, it's sort of a traditional vibrator with sort of the different uh, vibrating patterns, but there's also a feature that sort of feels like a tongue um, that's circling the clitoris. And so there's that, there's the Fiera and the Womanizer, which again is using more like a suction technology versus a vibration technology. Um, and again, maybe part of your not liking it is feeling like you don't really feel skilled or competent. And so obviously there are a lot of guides um, and educational videos and books on, you know, giving oral sex or, you know, better oral sex. Um, so, you know, what I would say is I often do is like, this is an opportunity for discussion, right? To really sort of explore turn-ons and turn-offs. And, you know, the more that you understand what it means to both of you, it's really about where can you find that sort of, you know, common ground. And, you know, it, worst case scenario, it might not be on the menu. That happens sometimes. But that doesn't globally mean, right, there's so many ways of giving and receiving pleasure. So what I'm saying is really be open to the possibility because I don't know how much you've really um, tried on and been in the giving role or had a partner who really enjoyed it. Because, again, maybe in the times you weren't so into it and you're partner wasn't so into it either. So you were definitely not getting a positive feedback loop, right? But, you know, maybe with your current girlfriend, because she loves it, you might be like, whoa, it feels really good. You know, for most of us, giving our partner pleasure feels really good. So like I said, I'm not sure about the specifics of why it's a turn off for you. And obviously, as I always say, you are your own expert. And so you have to ultimately, if that's the case, and you've sort of looked at the modifications um, in terms of, you know, maybe hand mouth combination or, you know, flavored gels, all those kinds of things. And still it's not working for you. I would imagine your girlfriend's going to completely understand because you really gave it an opportunity and you really, most importantly, were curious about understanding why in particular it's her biggest turn on or one of her biggest turn ons, right? So I think the fact that it's something you're both looking at together to see whether or not there's a way or modifications to see whether it can be sort of in your repertoire, sort of on your menu is great. But that, you know, cannot, that can often happen in a relationship. You know, there are, there may be a few things that are essentially off the menu. And I think that may not be optimal, but it's definitely not awful. So have the conversation, do some exploration. And as always, I would love to hear how it goes. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I thought she shared such a well-balanced approach to it and to say, this is a chance to explore because it's really easy to feel shame around, I don't like the thing my partner likes. Oh, no, I'm not going to please them. And to say, it's really interesting to me that one partner is like, this is my favorite, and the other is like, "Uh uh-uh. Because that, to me, is kind of how relationships work, the way we'll have, like, this is a a different thing, but, like, say you have an emotional wound about something. We tend to kind of, like end up in situations where the other person has the opposing thing. And it it allows us that space to be very vulnerable and to really look into ourselves and explore. And Dr. Megan brought up several things that do keep some people from being interested yeah. in oral sex and, and maybe write it off with even really kind of going into the why. In your research, what have you found are some of the more common reasons that people are not into it? So what we found is that so many receivers actually turn down receiving oral sex when they are really interested in it. Um, I'd say one really big one right now is that their partner has facial hair and it physically hurts for them to receive. I mean, it rubs up against their body and it's just not a pleasant sensation and it sort of negates all of the pleasant sensations that you have from that person's tongue. Then also so many people... uh, are not interested in having oral sex on their period. So, you know, a quarter of the month they're turning down oral sex when they could be saying yes to those great sensations. So Um, they could have a tampon in and also wear the panties? Or would you take that out? You could actually take your tampon out. So laurels are um, watertight. They have a like a a tight seam that uh, exists between your outer thigh and your earth. Inner thigh and out and outer labia on both sides, and so that prevents fluid from escaping. So you're able to receive oral sex on your period without having to worry about mess. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. Even if you're just like in a hotel and the sheets are white, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's like a lot of reasons for that. Absolutely. Um, or some people aren't interested in oral after they've just gone to the gym or if they haven't showered in a day. They just aren't able to enjoy the sensations and instead they're sort of focused on, oh, maybe I should take a shower right now rather than actually enjoying what's happening. Um, a lot of people turn down rimming because they're worried about poop. And it's such a bummer because the sensations of rimming can feel so, so good. Uh, and then also a a lot of folks might find oral to be triggering in some way. Perhaps they've, uh, you know, faced sexual trauma in the past, or if they're uh, non-binary or if they're trans and they're and they don't want to be thinking about their genitals at this time that they're intimate. Uh, so there's basically many, many ways that receiver or reasons that receivers would turn down the skin to skin contact of oral when they still want all the physical sensations of oral. And so laurels have been able to solve those problems. I love that. It's so versatile. And I love that it helps people of all different genders and genitalia and and really gives people permission, it sounds like, to explore that pleasure. I've heard from several people who say they're embarrassed about the way they smell or because of – and again, that's one of those things that it would be nice to be like, well – we should all love that smell. (laughs) Like that's natural. And society might tell you, you need to douche and put flowers around there, but you don't need to. And pussy should smell like pussy. Amen. (laughs) But that's not going to like fix all the society messaging in a second. No. So to be able to even use them temporarily 
yeah, to get to a place. Yeah, we've actually found a lot of people, a lot of our customers will use them temporarily as a way to become comfortable with skin-to-skin contact. Uh, and then also to answer um, your uh, your listener's question, um, and to kind of uh, go along with um, what your specialist was saying. Um, so I think that there are many reasons why she might not be comfortable performing oral sex on her partner. Um, It might be something like uh, the physical sensation on her nose or in her mouth feels uncomfortable. Um, It could be, you know, that she doesn't find the taste to be pleasant. It could be that the tongue movement is difficult and uh you, know, you don't know what tiring. to do sure also i yeah i mean i thought that that was a really great point like you know what if it's just sort of a lack of understanding of what to do when you're down there um so there are so many different reasons and i don't think that there's really shame in any of those reasons especially when she's trying to understand and she's trying to please her partner. I think that that's an amazing thing that they're really trying to communicate and become better uh better lovers for each other. Uh and so you know, I think that in that situation laurels can really offer a wonderful solution as a way to um, have the receiver be able to feel all the sensations of oral and for the giver to be able to explore, you know, does this feel better for me? And if so, why? Um, and often we found that the receivers really enjoy the sensation of wearing laurels. Um, so they have a little bit of an extra tug on the area of the clitoris um, because unlike a dental dam, which is kind of loose on the body, laurels sort of pull up into your body. It's and this, pressure feels good. It's, pressure yeah. does feel good. So it's just this very nice sensation um, that feels slightly different than skin-to-skin contact, and a lot of people tend to be preferring it. So that's been really exciting as well because it's been heightening the, the mm, sensation that people have had That is oral. awesome. I feel like I should mention that because I usually don't do um, product-specific shows unless it's like, I'll, I'll say like this is an advertisement or something. And I no, I just want to mention to my listeners that I truly wanted to bring you on to talk about this product because I first learned about it from Kate Scalisi of Passion by Kate. Yeah, so she was on the show, and she's a friend of mine, and she's a sex educator and a counselor. And I interviewed her also for my book about oral sex, and and I loved what she recommended. She also did talk in the episode when we were talking about embarrassing sex problems because Mm -hmm. one of the things that came up when I was serving listeners was – about embarrassment really around oral sex for a number of different reasons. Um, So in my book, I shared a few tips on um, oral sex just for any, you know, any type of genitalia, any gender. And I loved what Kate said about getting really comfortable. And that does tie into laurels because that's more comfortable than the dental product that you (laughs) set down there. Um, But when I interviewed her, she said, there's the old adage that blowjobs are called a job for a reason, but it doesn't have to be that way for oral sex on anyone. Uh, And she suggested getting yourself into a really comfortable position as like the first step, which I thought was really great because that's not one we hear usually. And like the top oral sex tips is like, 
here's a way to not get a crick in your neck, you know, because it, it, it can get really though. uncomfortable, it right? It can be, yeah. Yeah, or if you have chronic pain or if you're pregnant. Like, there's so many things that could make it less Absolutely. comfortable. So starting there. Um, and then lubing it up, of course. Lube can be awesome. And two that are good flavored lubes, if you are wanting to um, experience oral that way, would be I like um, Sliquid and Good Clean Love. Both have good flavors. And I know that what is it vanilla flavor yeah, that you have? Yeah, laurels vanilla flavor. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then making eye contact is another cool thing mm-hmm. to do during oral, which is so vulnerable, right? Yes. Always. But when you're also doing oral sex or giving or receiving, I feel like that's really intimate. And then the last tip that I recommended in my book was think presence, not performance, which I think is really important in this sort of not sort of very performance, like focused sex yeah. culture that we're in. Because if you Google you know, oral sex tips, you might get a list of a few things that are hard to kind of conceptualize. Or you watch these videos and you're like, well, that looks really cool in a porn thing, but there's like stuff squirting out here. And there, you know, it's really hard to really get a, an idea of what's realistic. Yeah. So really, instead of thinking, am I, am I doing this well enough? If you actually have fun performing it. Absolutely. What would you add? What are some of your favorite tips? I think that... Um, exploring your partner's body, thinking of it in those terms and um, in the terms of curiosity. Like, what happens if I move a little bit over here? And what happens if I, you know, incorporate my finger and touch in this particular place? Um, And I think that that curiosity makes you as a giver especially excited about what's going on. And then your partner can often feel that. And it's totally what you're talking about, about it not being performative. Instead, it's experiential. And if you are really enjoying what you're doing, then your partner can feel that. yeah, and as for eye contact, I think that that's huge. Uh, I feel like pillows are very helpful, and sometimes it, if you're about to, you know, engage in particular sexual activity, you're not thinking about pillow placement. Um, but I do think it's often very worthwhile to pause and say, "Hang on, let me grab a pillow," uh, totally. so that you can either make eye contact or lift up your pelvis um, if you're a receiver, or place if you're a giver, you know, place your mouth in a different. Position. Yeah. And I think even doing that would get you out of a performance mindset because when it's a performance, you wouldn't pause to grab a pillow, right? Totally. So if you just hang on a second or can I grab this or even, you know, with body language, whatever, if you you put yourself into that sort of more awareness mode instead of thinking, am I doing this in a way that looks sexy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is very often a buzzkill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you shared something personal when you were coming in today. Yeah. You had a loss in your family this week. I did. My grandmother passed away um, several days ago, and so I've been um, out of town and uh, going to the funeral and being with my family. And um, my grandma was so supportive of Laurel's and has been very supportive of me. Through many different stages of my life, um, I was uh, I spent some time uh, before the funeral looking back at emails that she had sent, and the emails about laurels were so cute. I mean, Aww. she was on my email list, and so there was this one email that we sent out that said, uh, "We're now shipping to you know these European countries, you know." Uh, 
we're so excited. And my grandma responded to it. And she's like, Melanie, I'm so excited that you're shipping to Europe. I think that they'll love the product there. That is <laughs> it was, adorable. It was so cute. And, you know, my grandma was 94 when she passed away. She, um, to have somebody in, in my life um, who, you know, was was that age and, you know, did not grow up during a time where sexuality was celebrated, to have her be so excited about what I was doing um, was incredibly meaningful. It's inspiring, especially yeah. because we do meet resistance when we're in these fields, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to have that must have been so strengthening. Did you always have that kind of open communication with her? Was she like a very sex positive person? Or do you remember when Laurel's first came up? Yeah, so um, I, I I don't think that sex positivity is a characteristic of my family. Um, not n- neither would it would sex ne- negativity be. We just didn't really talk about sex growing up, um, and I don't think that my grandma did with her kids. Which actually, the only reason I know that is because my grandma and I had so many conversations about this over the course of the last few years. Um, you know, her kind of opening up and talking about, you know, I don't know why we didn't really talk about it. I don't know why there was so much of a taboo associated with it. And, you know, at certain points I would talk with my grandma about, um, you know, sexual pleasure for the benefit of women and people with vulvas versus sexual pleasure for the benefit of men and people with penises. And, you know, my grandma was like, it is really strange that there's a taboo for, you know, women's pleasure instead of men's pleasure. And I'm like, yeah, grandma, go you. (laughs) It was so cute that she understood those things. Um, But I think that my first clue to her being so open-minded was when I came out to her as by, you know, I guess it was probably uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, about 15 years ago. And I was pretty nervous beforehand. Um, I didn't know how she would react. And she just kind of looked at me and she's like, Melanie, that's not a big deal. I watch Ellen. (laughs) I watch Ellen. Oh my gosh. Which also says a lot. I mean, it is amazing that because Ellen is on daytime TV, it's she has amazing. Parents watching, yeah, and she does. She she says things that we would not be able to say in the past, and and she was one of the very first people to come out, and she really paid the price, but then paved the way for so many people. She absolutely has. I mean, I feel just so grateful for the huge impact that she's had on so many people, and certainly my grandma was one of them. Um, I I was married to a woman. Um, uh, we're divorced now, but when I was, uh, my grandma would send me emails and just say, "I'm so glad that I got to spend that time with you and your and your wife, and um, you know she's so wonderful." I mean, she would just gush, and um, I I just wouldn't have imagined that would have been the situation, you know, 20 years ago. Um, I think that it would have been a lot more difficult to be out in general, not in particular with my grandma, but but basically to have that kind of effusive excitement um, from somebody in their 90s about their, you know, granddaughter who's married to a woman. She must uh, have been so proud of you and also to have gone through and seen so many generational changes and how much more repression she had seen. Yes. And to leave this earth knowing mm-hmm. that, look what she got to help pay forward. I think that's really incredible. Thank you for sharing her with us. Yeah, I'm so thank sorry you for, your for loss. letting me. <laughs> yeah. 
Graham, I love you. <laughs> I hope she's listening somewhere. Uh, so tell us what you want everyone to take away from your mission with Laurels. My, my mission with Laurels is for everyone to be able to experience the pleasure that they want to receive. Um, if that is related to oral sex, I think that that's amazing. There are so many wonderful sensations that I think are very unique to having a, a partner's tongue on your on your body. Um, and when fingers are incorporated, even better. Uh, but I just feel like those sensations are so incredible and feel so good. Um, For people with vulvas, they can lead to an orgasm three times more often than intercourse. And I really find that oral sex can be the solution to the pleasure gap that exists. I mean, if there's more oral sex going on, that's more women having orgasms. And, you know, and orgasms aren't even necessary to be experiencing pleasure. I mean, they're awesome. They're amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, But, you know, oral sex has so much pleasure associated with it and I want everybody to be able to experience that as frequently as they want to, as as they want to and then also the level of comfort that they want to have and um, you know if that means skin to skin contact that's awesome and if that means that they want a barrier that's awesome too it means that they're able to receive these sensations that feel so good and get this really amazing gift from their partners mm, that's lovely starting where we are and meeting each other where we are emotionally and curiosity-wise and trying something new. It's, to me, when you use lube for the first time or you try a different toy or you try laurels, like, it's a new adventure. And that really spurs those brain chemicals, those falling in love. That's why people who have been together for decades who are still in love, they really cherish that sense of adventure, you know? And I think in these little quote-unquote small ways that are not small, Mm -hmm. you know, trying something new and intimate together is really powerful. And I I thank you for your work. I think it's really important and and your message is beautiful. Thank you so much. How can people learn more and and shop for laurels? Yeah, so um, you can visit us at mylaurels.com. It's M-Y- L-O-R-A-L-S dot com. Uh, We also are on social media, um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook uh, at MyLaurels. Perfect. And I will drop a link down in the show notes to everyone. So if you're listening on a smartphone, you can double click or swipe depending on the kind of phone you have and find a link. So please do visit and support uh, Laurels, mylaurels.com and head to augustmclaughlin.com if you want to learn more or sign up for updates. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please hit subscribe if you haven't. And I would so love it if you would leave a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. Girl Boner Radio is owned, operated, and executively produced by me, August McLaughlin, with technical producer and audio extraordinaire, Mackenzie Mazel, as part of the Period Podcast Network, an affiliate of Starburns Industries. Learn more about the Girl Boner podcast brand movement and book series at girlboner.org and more about Period at periodnetwork.com. <laughs>